Are you ready to get the support you need for your author career and life? Join international indie bestseller Angela J. Ford and fantasy author Stephanie Wabwa as they talk all things writing, publishing, and the real life of an indie author. Welcome to the Indie Author Lifestyle Show. Living your best indie life starts here. Welcome to episode 17 of the Indie Author Lifestyle Show. We are right here at the end of January and it has been a wonderful month. Stephanie, what is new in your world? Hey, Angela. I am really excited. We are wrapping up the first month already of 2020. Crazy. But um, it's been good. It's been good. As always, it does not change in the world of marketing. Eyes are still on that episodic story. I'm wrapping that bad boy up and calling it calling it a wrap for now. And then, you know, just going to close it up as far as like asking my audience for their opinions on what they want to happen next. But I will go ahead and finish it, expand it, and then get that polished and ready for it to be a novella so that it can publish sometime around Q2. I, I foresee a Q2 publishing because I don't want to rush, you know, the writing and the editing and all that. But it'll be nice to have that completed as far as like the initial skeleton of it, you know, with all of the choices of my audience, which it's been really fun just getting their opinions, getting them engaged. Um, felt kind of like one of those shows where people get to like throw out their votes and you have to see <laughs> which one is going to win. So it's been really fun. But yeah, keep my eyes on that. And now as I am digging deep into the Seraphim Resistance series, I am also beginning to really focus on my standalone. So what I'm doing to give myself a writer's reprieve, which we talked about in episodes past, is um, I will be writing standalones, but I'm doing biblical retellings. So many of you know that I am a Christian fantasy author. Woo! Throw all the confetti. And um, so while people love to do fairy tale retellings, which, you know, nothing wrong with that. I absolutely love them. I think my favorite retellings thus far are of Beauty and the Beast, just because people do really good Beauty and the Beast retellings. Um, but I'm doing biblical retellings. And so this first one, I won't hit too much of it, but uh-huh, if you know the Bible, it has to do with a certain uh, prostitute, <laughs> a certain harlot who, you know, becomes this like huge heroine, right? So I'm really excited to write her story, really digging in. It's going to be fun. We're going to have some fun uh, creatures in there, some fae. <laughs> Everyone loves fae. Gotta love the fae. There will be fae and there will be elves. So that'll be really fun just to like pit the two against each other, considering they're kind of like the same thing. So um, that is what I'm focusing on, just really brainstorming that, getting that plotted out, fleshed out, Again, you know how we talked about just like letting ideas kind of marinate in your mind for a little bit. I've had this in my heart for a while. And there's a couple of other retellings I've already begun fleshing out as well, which I'm so excited. Like 2020 is going to be a bookish year, okay? But, um, but um, yeah, so I'm focusing on that. I'm focusing on uh, finishing writing the Marian, uh, the mercenary in the Aryan Empire. A YA novella. And so those are just keeping me busy. Just a lot of writing, a lot of stories, and a lot of fun. A lot of fun to kick off this new year. So what about you? What do you have going on? 
It sounds like a lot of fun. And I like that you're doing all these different things and really enjoying the process of it. I feel like sometimes when I finish a novel or a story, I get like a little bit of a book hangover just because I've been so involved in that process and I love it so much and just creating and having the characters come to life and all the twists and turns and the plot twists that kind of pop up and surprise even me, even though I'm writing it. Uh, And so it's really cool that you're enjoying that. I am gearing up for the release of Pawn, which is the Night of the Dark Fae book one, which comes out February 14th. So that is what I'm most excited about and really excited about hearing what readers think about it. It's time to get the ARCs out there and start getting feedback on it. And so, yeah, we'll see how that goes. I'm really excited though, because it's it's a fun story. It's a pretty quick paced story too. And it's really different from what I usually write. And so I'm really excited to hear what people think about it. And of course it has Faye in it. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'll be awesome. Oh, the confetti. Phew. Yeah, yeah. And so I am also excited about our episode for today. We have a special guest on. Her name is Melissa Fry. And I think we actually said Frey in the episode, but it's Fry. It's just spelled like Frey. But anyway, she has a new Instagram course. She's also an editor. So we have a lot of goodies and make sure you come across to the show notes and check it out because we have a special bonus in there for you. And that will be indieauthorlifestyle.com forward slash 017 for episode 17. Welcome to the Indie Author Lifestyle Show. And today we have a very special guest, Melissa Frey. She is the author of The Secret of the Codex, a supernatural thriller with action, adventure, mystery, and a little romance. And the upcoming sequel, The Prophecy of the Codex. She's always loved writing, but didn't find the guts to do so seriously until she was well into her 30s. Now she's also an author tuber where she gives other writers advice about the writing and editing process. And she is a book editor where she helps other authors polish their books until they shine. She loves yoga, the mountains, super dark chocolate, and her husband. You can find her at melissafray.com and fangirling over her eclectic book collection on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Melissa, welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you on. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became an indie author and book editor. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. I, um, I originally, it's kind of funny, I started writing about 10, probably 12 years ago, and uh, The Secret of the Codex, and I actually, um, it took me that long to decide to publish it, but for most of the time, I was dead set on being a traditional, traditionally published author. And my husband eventually convinced me. He said, well, there's so much, you're going to enjoy self-publishing so much more. Um, it's just going to fit you a lot better and you can do so many things with it. So, um, and then I just had some things last year is when I published my first book and I just had some things align and it just seemed like it was the right time to do it. And I realized 10 years later, what am I waiting for? Um, and so I just went ahead and, and published. 
That's really cool. And it's so interesting that you first started going for the traditional lifestyle versus the indie lifestyle. And it was your husband who talked to you about that. I feel like you have a very entrepreneurial mindset too. So will you talk a little bit more about that and kind of what that looked like when you started digging into the indie life? Like, did you start querying traditional like agents before you looked at indie publishing? Uh, no, I really didn't. It was just kind of in the back of my head. Um, I'm going to be doing traditional publishing. Eventually, I'll get around to querying, writing the synopsis, all of that. And I did the research, but um, it just, it didn't feel right. And there was never that, like, I, that I actually took the first step. It was more like, I have this book and no one's ever going to read it because I'm keeping it in my computer hiding. Um, and and it was just, and you're right, I, I do have an entrepreneurial mindset, but I have developed that over time and I've only recently realized that it's something that I really enjoy and it's actually what I should have been doing all along and just was afraid to step into that. So um, so that was also part of my process is becoming an indie author. I realized I should have been an entrepreneur all along, but just fear held me back from that. And so I wonder when you first started then, like, were you just doing it as far as like a hobby when you first started The Secret of the Codex? Did you just want to write in and like just publish it maybe for yourself and a few friends and family? Or did you initially think I would actually want to make a career out of my writing? Yeah, well, my goal was always to publish it. Um, my goal is actually, you know, to make, have it made into a movie. That's <laughs> always the first goal, right? Because obviously that's the first step with your first book. It's going to be made into a movie, obviously. Um, <laughs> but no, I really, um, it, it was just not really on my radar of kind of what the plan was. I, um, I'd written a book in high school. It was terrible. I still have it. And wow, it's bad. But um, <laughs> it kind of, uh, I developed that love for it. And I went probably a good eight or nine years where I didn't write at all. And then um, I had a situation in my life where I was just alone a lot. And I said, well, I want to take writing back up. I want to see if I can actually, you know, make a go of it, see if it's any good. Um, and so I started it and I wrote like a page. And um, I realized that it just was not very good. So I um, took about a year and uh, about nine months or so. And I read some other books, actually the Twilight series, which I know. But um, so I read that and it really got me inspired to finish the book that I had started. And I realized that the original um, writing that I made was echoing other authors that I read and it wasn't actually my voice. So I was able to find my own voice in that process and eventually it took me actually a couple of months just to finish the first draft. So, um, which is really quick for me, by the way, <laughs> a few months for a first draft is, and there's like 130,000 words. So but it's a big book, but, um, but I was just really grateful that I was able to actually get through that and, and write it down and finish. I love that you talked about voice. Um, I think 
especially for new writers, that's a struggle because you find yourself almost kind of, I don't want to say mimicking the authors that you read a lot, but, you know, even for myself, like when I first started, I, you know, I'd go back and I would say, oh, author so-and-so had almost like the exact same line or like several scenes in their book. And I kind of just subconsciously inserted that into my own story, almost the exact same way they would. And so, would you talk a little about a little bit about that? Like, how did you really find your voice when it came to your stories and getting that to shine through your, through your work? Hmm. Um, it's really hard for me to quantify, I think. Um, I grew up reading Frank Peretti, so that's mm-hmm. whose voice came out when I was writing. And I realized that I almost felt like I had to write like that. Um, and I like it was maybe the only way that things could be written. And um, so when I, when I actually sat down and allowed myself the freedom to just write what came out and, and I read some writing books along the way, which really helped. Um, But when I just allowed myself the freedom and said, no, it can be whatever it wants to be. And I'm a pantser. So (laughs) it was just, I didn't really have much of a, well, I did have a plot and it was terrible and not anything what it ended up being. So that's how I knew I was a cancer um, because it was bad. Um, but it just allowing myself the freedom to do it. I, I, I really can't quantify it any more than that. Well, I think that makes sense kind of talking about the freedom to do it and just kind of be your own person and be yourself. I think there's something that kind of I don't know, just something that really awakens when we realize like, hey, like this is what I've been leaning on and let me stand up for myself and kind of pull away from this crutch so I can create something that is my own. But that's a really cool process. It's really cool that you had that recognition and you realized what that that was. And then also the fact that you wrote your first draft so quickly, like just in a few months, like I spent two years agonizing over 118,000 words. And the fact that you were able to do that so quickly is really cool. And especially as a pantser, because I'm a pantser too. And I just kind of fly along doing whatever I want. And <laughs> yes. Well, but I will say that the editing process took me nine years. So Girl. <laughs> so, yeah. And it, I mean, there were total, there were full years that I didn't work on it. I had some mm. like life stuff and I moved overseas and a divorce and all of that. So there were times I just didn't work on it at all, but it did take me nine years to finally get it edited and done. So I, I made up for it <laughs> in the editing process. <laughs> yeah. But that's still, that's still like so powerful that you got it done. And I think that's one thing that a lot of writers struggle with is the fact that we can get started on something, whether we finish the draft or we're kind of stuck in like the editing phrase or just figuring out how to finish our plot holes. The fact is it doesn't really matter how long it takes. It can take a few months. It can take a decade. The fact that we finish something is so huge and so massive. So I feel like that's something to celebrate for sure. Right. And that's so true. I, there were people that have come to me and said, wow, you finished a book. That's a huge accomplishment. You must have like, you must really persevere through stuff. And I never saw myself that way. I always saw myself as someone who gives up on something and moves on to something else. And, but then enough people (laughs) said, no, you finished a book. Like this is a big accomplishment, even just finishing it, even if you don't publish it or anything, it's still a huge thing. And so it really helps how others were reflecting back to me what I actually was instead of what I believed about myself. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. 
and your book came out, I know you actually re-released it. I believe November 11th, 2019 was the re-release date. Mm -hmm. I know I'm so proud of myself for remembering that date, but (laughs) (laughs) it was like 11th, 12th. I was having this issue with Amazon, not publishing my paperback or something. So it was, it was weird, but yeah. Somewhere around there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. What? Talk a little bit about that process. I love to know kind of what you kind of the first steps you took when releasing the book and some of your promotional launch activity and then what actually made you re-release it. Okay. Yeah. So um, the first one released August 28, 2018. And um, like I said, I'd been working on it for 10 years and I was a little weary of it. So I, I didn't have a huge platform. I, um, I mean, I had, Facebook has always been a struggle for me. So especially professionally, like I, you know, it's most of the keeping up with friends and family. Um, and I had an Instagram, but I didn't really use it much. Um, but April of that year, I really got into the Instagram community and, um, I actually found another Instagrammer author that was doing, um, well, I call them a hashtag challenge where, um, each day you have a prompt and you post for that. So I kind of got involved that way, um, and started growing my platform. But, um, as far as like doing other promotional stuff, I I really, um, I actually had a, I had a template for a book launch, like different things you should do, but I think it was geared toward a nonfiction book. So it was a little bit of a learning curve trying to figure out, well, will that actually work for me? Will it not? Um, but of course I'm like, well, we spent money on this. I got to get some value out of it. Um, and so I ended up suggested guest posting on some sites. So I guest posted on a few sites. Um, and I actually posted on, uh, Shayla Raquel's website. I know you guys had her on the podcast. And, um, so I did a guest post, um, on her site about Instagram and how you can use Instagram to promote yourself when you don't have a book published yet. So, um, and that was really fun. And I had a lot of fun doing the research on that. And there was a lot of really good feedback on that. So, um, that's kind of what got me kind of where I am now, but we'll talk more about that (laughs) later, I'm sure. But, um, and then, so I released that in August and I actually did a Kickstarter leading up to it because I figured that's the best way for friends and family to support me. I can try to recoup some of those costs that I had um, because at the time it was just me working um, in my family. (laughs) So um, I was trying to pay the bills and um, have enough to publish the book. And I pretty much designed the cover myself, which is really bad. Um, Not a good idea (laughs) unless you're a designer. (laughs) I'm not. Um, And so there were just a lot of things that I had wished I'd done differently, but I was also proud of the fact that I just released the book. I said, no, this is the date. This is when I'm doing it. I had lots of panic attacks leading up to it, but, (laughs) but I got it done. Um, my husband was a big help with that too. And I successfully funded the Kickstarter too. So I was excited about that. Um, but because of all those kind of mistakes that I made, um, or things that I just wanted to change, namely the cover. Um, and I always, I had always looked at, um, like, I guess, traditionally published books. Those were primarily the ones I had read until recently. And a lot of those, if there's a series, they have like a preview of the next book in the first book, you know? And so I'd always had wanted that. And (laughs) I don't know why it's just like one of those things. I have to have that in my book. So um, when I published the first book, the second book wasn't anywhere near 
ready for me to be able to do that. So that was one of the other incentives of republishing is that I wanted to include a sample of book two in there so that I could try to get people excited for that. Um, and then part of it also was me committing to, okay, you can't go a year and a half between books now. You have to actually release books so people will read them <laughs> like they're going to forget. So now I've got myself on like a almost six month publishing schedule, which is terrifying. Um, but I think it will also be more advantageous. So, and now that I'm working from home full time, I feel like I have the time to devote to that and can actually schedule it out and make sure that I can do things um, because I'm a pantser that bleeds over into every part of my life and I am not so good at planning. So <laughs> that's like my 2020 goal is to get a lot better at planning. Um, and I think, I think that will help a lot. <laughs> Oh, so much to unpack there. You did really good things. Um, I love that you said that you told yourself, regardless of things not working out that the way you wanted them to, you were like, no, you're publishing regardless. <laughs> we'll figure this out along the way. Um, and you know, those are, that's just how you learn. You know what I mean? Like you, you make some mistakes. Like for me, I got my first novel out and then like half a year later, I learned so much and I was like, oh, we're going to pull you and redo you again. So, mm -hmm. so I'm actually going to go through the same process. Um, the story's been renamed, the plot's been, you know, more developed, things like that. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to talk about, you mentioned that you did try Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. And so it's not many authors that I know who um, use Kickstarter to go about, you know, funding um, what they need to do for their book. So can you talk about that process just for anyone who might be listening who would consider using um, Kickstarter for their book? Sure. Um, I actually set up the Kickstarter and I've seen other authors where um, they did a Kickstarter and it was almost like a testing ground that said, hey, if I, if I fund this Kickstarter, then I'll actually go through and publish the book. Well, me, I was like, nope, I'm just trying to recoup costs. I'm gonna publish this regardless but I really hope you'll support me. And I actually, um, I went on Etsy and found someone who could kind of commission a necklace for me, which I'm wearing today. But um, so I had necklaces to add to it. I made, um, I'm not a graphic designer, but I do like to fool around with like Vistaprint and marketing collateral and stuff. So I had a lot of fun with um, making bookmarks and I made a poster and things like that to add to the things that people could get. And I, um, I did the ebook and then I did paperback copies, the signed paperback. And I set my, um, my Kickstarter funding amount, it's not the right term probably, but I set that amount lower than what I wanted to get because I knew if I didn't fund it, then I wouldn't get anything. So I set it lower that I said, well, this is probably a decent goal. I could probably get this with friends and family. Um, and actually went a lot higher than that. So I was actually really grateful for that, but I was getting a little nervous because it didn't happen until like two days before it ended. <laughs> and I, um, I was like, I started running ads like crazy. And then when, by the time the ads went, went live, I had already funded it. And I'm like, well, okay, well now we get more people, I guess. <laughs> so, um, and I found some readers that weren't friends and family too that way. So, um, cause I promoted it heavily on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and it was just, it was, it was a fun process and I still have, you know, I, I love all the collateral and all the fun tie-ins and stuff too. So that was um, just kind of a fun byproduct for me. And it was my first uh, foray on video. And um, one of my Instagram friends saw, saw the video and he's like, you really need to do YouTube. And I was like, no, not really. I'm not really good. But he's like, yes, you are. You need to do YouTube. And I was like, oh, 
okay. So I sat on that idea for about six, eight months, but I did eventually launch my YouTube channel, which now I love, and I discovered a love of video editing too. So it's just a lot of fun. And that's, I think why I love like the entrepreneur life, because there's so many different things that I get to do. Like I, my, um, my schooling, I, my degrees in accounting and, um, I am grateful that I know accounting because it's like the foundation for every business. But I'm also grateful that I don't have to do that every day now because it's just the same stuff over and over. And I'm like, I love spreadsheets, but I can't do it 40 hours a week. So um, I'm just really grateful that I have all those different opportunities to do design and marketing and um, video editing or whatever else I want to do, I can do it. That is amazing. And I think it's really awesome that you're doing all of these different things, but I'm also really impressed with your Kickstarter and just the way that you went after it and funded it, because I feel like a lot of authors get really intimidated with something like a Kickstarter because we go after the big fish. We don't really sit down and go, okay, let me think about this realistically who do I know already who will fund it? And that would be friends and family. And that's a great way of getting them involved because they, I've, I've been finding that friends and family are a lot more supportive about it than I've been thinking, but it's not the way that I would anticipate. Like they don't really care to know too much about the cover design process and they don't want to know like what my launch activities are. You know, they just want the end result. And if they can help get there without, you know, hearing me talk on and on about it, they'll help with that. So that's really cool. That's a really neat way to go. And that's really impressive that you met your goal, even though it was like something that, you know, you're freaking out two days <laughs> before it, it's ending, like, oh, it's going to happen. But that's awesome. And that's really cool for, you know, our listeners to think about just running a Kickstarter to kind of offset those costs and knowing who your audience is and who those people are that you already know that will contribute to that. And then strangers can be just the icing on the cake. Cause that's amazing. Yeah. And I, I definitely recommend a Kickstarter if um, you can do it with any level of quality. Um, when I did my taxes last year, I was like $5 shy of breaking even with my author career. So I was super excited about that. And I attribute that to the Kickstarter. Yeah, that that's amazing. Like, especially your first year in, uh, right. that's awesome. Like it took me, I want to say like, it took me a few years to break even. It, it definitely took a while, but then I broke even. Like, I was like, oh, never mind. I have profit. <laughs> this is great. Awesome. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about your YouTube channel. So that's something that I think that's really cool. I actually just started online and I don't really have a good schedule yet. Like, I have a lot going on. So I think once a month is my schedule right now. But just from releasing my first video and get seeing all like the comments and views and just having people email me about it, I'm like, oh, I should have started this earlier. Mm -hmm. But um, you started yours. So tell us a little bit more about that process. Yeah, I, um, so I started, I believe in April was when I launched of this year, 2019. And I, um, like I said, I just had the idea and one of my um, friends, I'm not really one to put myself on video much on social media. I, you know, to, and it might just be a personal thing, but I tend to not watch videos online very much. Um, I'm more of a, like, I like to read the text of it. So I'll watch the videos where they caption it for me, you know, <laughs> but like, so I, and I just find that I don't have a lot of time. And I, I think also it's, 
I like to be private about what I'm doing on my phone too. So then I feel like everybody's listening to what I, <laughs> to what I'm listening to. And so, um, so it was just kind of an odd thing for me initially that to, to kind of get past is like, oh yeah, people actually want videos and they actually consume content that way. Um, and so I just said, well, hey, I'm just going to see how I do on, on film. I'm just going to, I think I did a newbie writer tag or something the first time. And it was, I was like, I'm not going to have any content. It's going to be so short. And it was like half hour long or something. I'm like, oh goodness, I'm going to have to sh cut these down. Um, but it was a lot of fun. And like I said, I discovered I love the video editing process. Um, and I do that with just my free iMovie on my, on my Mac. So it's not like I have all this complicated software and anything like that. Like I just had to learn it and I threw it in iMovie and I'm like, oh, okay. And just Google things and figured it out. And it's not fancy or flashy and I don't have these fancy video intros like some people do, but they've also got thousands and thousands of subscribers and they can, you know, they can, uh, they can probably afford that. But, <laughs> um, but so it's just been a learning process for me, but I just, one of my biggest passions I've learned through the process is I just love helping other authors. Like I, I've discovered that I'm a teacher at heart and I just, um, I want to help other authors through that process. So it doesn't take them 10 years to publish a book like it did me. And I want to, that's also a lot of why I do the editing because I just love taking that raw content and, um, I don't do a lot of the develop, developmental editing because that's not my strong suit, but I get into the details and I do all the, the content and, you know, the copy editing. And I, it's just so fun to see, um, especially how the authors get excited. Well, Hey, this, you know, this is, this sentence works a lot better if you put the subject here instead of here. So it's, I just love to help authors that way and discovering that I'm like a teacher at heart. I can use my YouTube channel to do that instead of, um, trying to always craft a perfect Instagram post that is always teaching. I can use it as a different medium and I just have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I totally get that because I, I'm finding with the video, it's just so much easier sometimes just to talk instead of try to write a massive blog post and write it all down. And it's interesting because like you, I'm also more of a reader. I like to read things. And I usually don't watch video, but I'm finding now that I listen to a lot of audio. I listen to audiobooks and I listen mm -hmm. to podcasts. And that really was a wake up call for me because I'm like, okay, when I'm busy and on the run, what am I going to turn to? It's going to mm -hmm. be something audio that I can listen to in my car or while I'm sitting down or while I'm doing dishes or chores around the house. And yeah, it, it's really cool. So it's, it's awesome that you're diving into that medium and kind of digging in to that and kind of reaching those people who really do like the video and really lean more towards the audio instead of reading it. And mm -hmm. it's an easier, different way of reaching them. Right. So I wanted to go ahead and ask you, Melissa, about your editing. I know on your website, I think that's probably the main focus on there is actually your services as an editor. Um, and so for our listeners, if you need an editor, Melissa is here for you. Shameless plug right here. Right. Um, we'll also link her website and um, a link to her services in the show notes. But so can you talk a little bit about that? I know you touched upon what kind of editing you do, but like, what um, do you help all authors of different genres or do you like to focus on a specific one? Because I mean, you know, different genres, it's, you know, it's different, you know, fantasy mm -hmm. versus like, you know, thrillers. So right. um, what kind of authors do you help and how did you even 
get into that? Like, when did that start for you and become like a serious thing for you? Well, um, I kind of have always done it. Like, uh, at the full-time job I had, I had people coming to me, Hey, can you proof this? And I started, um, I was always at that job. I, and I was grateful, really grateful for it because it started out as an accounting job and it merged into a marketing job where I could do the collateral and I could do it. And so it was just, it was a really beneficial learning experience for me. And throughout that process of doing those types of things, I learned a ton about myself. I learned that I could just find a problem and find a solution instead of having to have someone hold my hand and say, no, this is the way you do it. Like I was literally dropped in that job and said, here, do payroll. I'll come back for like two hours to help you do payroll. And then then you're out, you know, you're have fun. And so I learned a lot through that process, but um, with the editing, I just, it was just kind of something I've done really all my life. And people have always come to me, Hey, you're good at grammar. Can you check this? Can you check that? And I realized that in the process of learning the marketing and all of that, that I started learning a little bit about copywriting and how to, how you phrase sentences. So they're easier to read. And so a lot of my focus came from that, that like, um, I had worked with a lot of like grad students and they'd come to me and said, I'm doing this paper. And I was like, well, you're not really getting your point across here. Let's rearrange the sentence a little bit and let's do that. And so that kind of got me into the content editing part that I just really loved, like just taking that. And you could read maybe this really long paragraph and I'm like, okay, we need to break this up because nobody's going to stop and read this. <laughs> like they're going to gloss over it, shut the book, or the, if it's on your website, they're not going to read it. They're just going to go to another page. Um, and so I've, you know, I've done some editing for like um, a devotional book and um, I edited some short, like a kind of mini ebook copy type sales document. And I've done fiction books. And so it, there's just like a, I kind of do everything. And because I'm starting out, it's kind of, I'm not as specific about things. Um, but it's also, I think it helps as far as genres, the type of editing I do, it helps really any genre because you still need to be able to read it well. You still need to be able to um, get your point across without bogging down the reader and having all these unnecessary details. And so it's really been helpful for me and copy editing is pretty much the same throughout everything you know like the comma goes here and doesn't go here um and so it's really helping me to be able to widen the authors that i serve because i can do nonfiction and i can do fiction i can do fantasy i can do romance um because the skill set is very similar you're still just basically trying to get the point across in an effective way i guess <laughs> yeah no for sure that is absolutely awesome i love that um skill sets outside of writing actually really help writing or just different kinds of writing like so for me many years ago I learned about 2015 I think 2014 actually um I also learned about copywriting um because I wanted to be I wanted to become an online writer I was doing freelance writing for like many many years and so copywriting was like the gateway right and now you know when you're looking at email marketing or just even like my own stories I've learned you can't have, you know, a chunk with like 6,000 words right here and then like move on and have like two, you know what I mean? Like that's just, it's not going to work. No one's going to read that, right. <laughs> you know? And so um, it really does help. And I love how that helps you with 
your skills and your craft and how you serve our community, which I think is just super awesome. And another way, I just, I feel like you have all of these backgrounds that have fed into like what you do now, because you also have ads for authors. I mean, Instagram for authors, there you go. Mm -hmm. Instagram for authors coming up. And I think that's just really cool because I think I kind of gave up on using social media seriously <laughs> for my platforms. I feel like um, many of the authors that I talk about, we're just, we're all tired of doing all the things and trying to figure out, figuring out all the things. And so we're just like, you know what? Social is going to be social. I'm not even going to like, there's too much. I don't want to Google anything else. I don't want to look into anything else, but you are creating this course that'll just break it down very simply for authors to be able to implement this without like, uh, something else on the plate <laughs> you know yeah. so will you talk to us about Instagram for authors sure um so yeah that's kind of my latest thing and I'm currently like constantly video editing and uploading <laughs> up to the platform that I'm using and all of that so that's kind of what I'm in the thick of right now um and which is good for me because I'm very project-based. I've learned that about myself, that I have to work on one project, get it done, set it aside, and work on another project, and just kind of batch that way because that's just how my brain works. If I'm trying to do like some writing for three hours and then I'll work on this for two hours, I'm just like, no, my brain takes too long to transition. Let's just focus. But yeah, I really, and it was, it was kind of from that, um, the blog post that I referenced earlier on Shayla's website um, about Instagram. I got a lot of good feedback from that. I got, um, and she got a lot of good feedback too. And, um, and then my husband was like, you get a lot of people asking you about Instagram. Maybe you need to think about a course. And I was like, well, okay, that's kind of cool. I'm not really sure when that'll fit into, but that's in the plan sometime, you know, sometime there. And, um, and that was like a year and a half ago now, I think, but, um, just over time. And then um, I think she shared it again on Twitter or something. And then I started getting more people asking me and I was just like, wow. Okay. So I guess I have a platform now. Let's, let's make something of this. And um, then it was just kind of one of those, the stars align, you know, my husband found a webinar for the platform that we were using. They had a discount code, you know, how to use, you know, he was getting um, information on how to use it and all of that stuff. So um, it just kind of fell into place. And then I think in October I announced that I was going to start working on it. And then there was a, um, there were some other people in kind of my author sphere that had started working on Instagram course too. And I'm like, okay, well there's a market for it. So I better get this thing out. <laughs> um, so I shot a lot of videos. I, um, the outline is what was tripping me up because of course, pantser, you can't pants a course. Um, <laughs> not at all. So I was really struggling with that part, just getting the outline down, like, how do I want to present this information? Like, what makes the most sense? And so I kind of sat down and said, well, how would I explain this to like, maybe my mom, who's not really on Instagram, like if she's somebody who's never had an Instagram account, how would I walk them through setting it up? And really, if you're not familiar with it, it can be so overwhelming. Like sometimes, like for me, all these other platforms that people are using, I'm like, I don't want to start because that's just too overwhelming. But I really wanted to be that guide to kind of help them through that process and just say, hey, look, I've got this. Like, I've gone through all this stuff. I learned the hard way of what not to do. I've learned all the different features. There's always, I'm sure, features I don't know. But there's, you know, there's, I can help you through that process so it's not scary. So you know the different things you need to do. And then you can take it and run with it because you're an author. You're a creative. Like, you need to 
just have the tools in place. You can get past that initial fear and just have fun with it because it's, I mean, that's what it's originally designed for anyway. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I would say that Instagram is one of my favorite social media platforms just because Facebook is just so overwhelming and like everyone's on there doing all the things. And I'm just like, oh, there's just like between the groups and the newsfeed and just the messages popping up and the ads, I'm just overwhelmed. And so I like going to Instagram because I like to see the beautiful photos and the bookstagram community is amazing. And I know back in episode nine, we were talking with Emma Ham about the bookstagram community and using Instagrams and really connecting with uh, readers. And so tell us a little bit what authors will get out of your course. I know they'll learn how to use it, but um, is there anything else that kind of some of the benefits that you're offering for them. Sure. Yeah. So like I said, I, I, right now I have five modules and, um, so it's got some video content, some text content. I've got some, um, downloadables and PDFs and things for them to print off that they can. And of course that was my design thing. I got to design some PDFs. So I was happy about that. Um, and but I really, I kind of start from the beginning. So I do like an Instagram 101 is my first module. So it talks about what Instagram is and we don't dwell on that because that could be boring, but um, move through that. But then I get quickly into like, what is your why? Like, why are you on Instagram? And then I talk about that and I encourage them to kind of keep that in the forefront. Like, why are you doing this? Like, I know you want to sell more books, but there's something deeper there. Like there's something that you can offer, something unique. Um, and then the next um, module is called getting started, but I walk through a lot of branding things. So it's not even Instagram specific, but I have this, I call it the branding clarity exercise and it's a PDF and I think it's like five, six pages or something. And it just walks them through some questions of like, what do you want your brand to be? What do you want um, your followers to feel? What unique offering can you give them? And I know some of it, like some people are, they want to just be authors. They just want to write books and get it out there. But there's always something unique that they can offer their followers, whether it's um, they really like to travel and so they can fit that into their Instagram or something. But so I felt like it was really important to to deal with like the branding and what um, what they can offer, who they want to serve um, and really focus on that first before we get into the like the logistics of how do you post. Um, and then I talk about planning your content. And so I give them like planning tools um, that they can use to do that um, and different ways they can plan. And then we get into creating content, which um, like talking about photos and where you can source them, how you can take them. Um, and I do like some tutorials with where I'm just on Instagram and I'm talking them through like, this is where you go for this. And, um, you know, screenshots where, hey, this is your homepage. This is where you add photos. This is how you do stories. Um, and then I talk about posting your content. And then I walk them through and show them how exactly how to post and all of that. So um, I try to make it really like they can just start from the beginning, walk their way through it, and they know how to post all their content. They know where to get photos. They know how to edit photos, you know, all of that. Um, but also get clear about who they are how, and who they serve so that they can actually craft their posts in an intentional way um, and then really learn how to serve their followers. Because to me, the point of being on Instagram, yes, you want to sell more books. Yes, you want to gain followers. But 
gaining followers is just a byproduct of you doing the right thing, which is serving your current followers and just really giving them value. Like, and I think I've heard the term audacious value, like so much value that they can't help, but want to follow you and tell other people about you. And then by extension, read your books and um, things like that. So it was just something that was been on my heart for a long time. And I just really wanted to help other authors just like get past those initial steps because sometimes it's just that initial fear that just keeps telling you, no, you can't do this. But once you find something to help you get past that step, it's like a breeze. And you're like, why didn't I do this earlier? <laughs> yep. Absolutely true. And that that's awesome. I feel like there's so much value that you're offering with the course and helping them just get from, I don't know what to do or like what to post on Instagram. Cause I feel like that's always my biggest thing. Like, okay, what, what picture should I take? What should I talk about today? But it really comes down to the core of like setting that intention and knowing who they are and why they're there, which is amazing. And so will you tell our listeners where they can get the course? And I believe you have a special for them. I do, yes. So I wanted to create a special for um, all the listeners for this podcast. So I created a $10 off um, and it's just the code ND10. And um, so it's $10 off the course. And I think when this goes live, the course will be live too. So they'll be all ready to do that. And um, they can go to IndieAuthorLearning.com. Um, that's like a learning platform that I set up for indie authors. And um, so the Instagram for authors course is there and it kind of walks them through what's included in all the modules, like the stuff I just talked about and, um, and how they can sign up and learn more. Um, and then I'm also planning to keep the course uh, updated. So in 2020, I've got like three more modules planned that I just did not have time to do right now, but um, I've got three more modules planned going into more in-depth stuff, like some bonus features, um, strategy, like Instagram strategy. So like you can kind of think through more things. Um, so this is kind of like the, the basics and getting you started and getting you through stuff. But it's also, there's a lot of good content for veterans too. Cause I've, I, um, when I started to do this course, I put out a, um, like a, a survey that people could fill out and kind of give me feedback and say, okay, this is what I'm struggling with on Instagram. And a lot of them was like, somebody said, Hey, I don't even know how to post a stories. And I was like, I can help with that. So, um, I can walk you through that. And that, that's, that's simple. We can cover that. And they're like, well, I, you know, I need to know how to use hashtags or, um, I don't know when the best time to post is. So we talk about that too. And so it's just, there's a lot of different things that people are wanting to know. And I honestly did not even understand how massive all of this is before I started. Like there's so much that you can cover, which is this, this app that just, you know, you post pictures and stories and, but there's so many things you can get into. So I do plan to add to the course, um, ongoing and, um, keep it updated. I know there's always new features and stuff. And as I research new things, um, so yeah. And, and with that, I always encourage people to get in early because the earlier you get in, you get lifetime access. And then when the price goes up with more content, you get to pay the smaller price and you still get the new content. So, um, yeah, so I'm really excited about it. So definitely I'll say that again. Indie 10 is the discount code for $10 off and it's at indieauthorlearning.com. And I think you said you'd put the, the link in the show notes too. Yeah, no, for sure. We'll definitely get those linked in the show notes for you. But, um, and I think that's just 
Awesome. I, I love the many different ways that you're serving the community. I think it's awesome that our community is being served by those that are made of the community. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like someone that's like, oh, well, I know strategy and marketing for business. It's like, no, I'm an author. I get it. Okay, this works. <laughs> you know, it's different when you've been in the shoes and in the trenches, you know, and so like the strategy is definitely more personal. But I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about books. So I know you have the Codex stories, but do you plan to only write that or are you planning on creating a different world, maybe doing, you know, branching out into a different genre? What else is in the works in as far as like writing in the world of Frey? Well, so um, <laughs> I have so many book ideas. I actually, um, let's see, so I've got the Codex series. And because I'm a pantser, I don't know how long it's going to be. I'm hoping for four books, um, but it could be three. We will see. I'm hoping to get that written in the next few months. Um, and so I've got that series. And then I also have a YA spinoff of that series because there's some YA characters that are um, that I just have to get to know better. Um, and so I'm going to write that spinoff. And I've already kind of started the first. I wrote like the first par couple paragraphs or something of that. So I was like, this is going to be cool. I'm really excited about this. Um, and then I actually have a paranormal romance that I've been working on. And so I, that's why I've kind of switched myself to like from a thriller author to just like supernatural author. Like that's what I do. I just write supernatural books because I found that no matter what I'm writing, there's got to be some element of like magic or superpowers or something because I'm like, well, that's just more fun. So we're just going to do that. But, um, but I really wanted to get into romance recently for whatever reason, I've been reading a lot of romance. Um, and so I'm just like, okay, I got to write this stuff. This is really fun. So, um, so I've got some ideas for that. And then I've got a whole, whole bank of book ideas <laughs> to pull from later on too. So I will be writing for a while and I've got probably my ideas for the rest of my life, but um, it's just really fun. And I, that's part of why I'm doing all all the things like the editing and the Instagram course, because I want to be able to help others while I'm working on my own writing and then give myself time to do that writing because there's something like this year, I haven't written a lot and it's just been draining because I've had other things going on and I'm just like, I have to get to writing. So how can I do that? Serve the people I need to serve and use the skills that I have to serve them. And then also be able to go back to my first love, which is the writing. Yeah, that's amazing. And I like that you're carving out that space and creating that space for it. And you have so many book ideas. I feel like that is, well, me and Stephanie know this for sure. Like we have so many ideas. I feel like every other day I'm sitting down and I'm like, oh, what if I write this? And for the series I'm working on right now, like I keep thinking of like a sister series to go along with it, which is ridiculous. Like I just can't stop, but it's just the writing, the process is just so much fun. And I feel like when we enjoy that process, that sitting down and creating and writing that to me is the best part. I mean, I love, don't get me wrong. I love finishing books and I love holding it in my hands, but my favorite part is getting to that blank page and going, okay, and now we shall yeah. create. <laughs> that is the best part. That's, that's why I'm like, yes, it's cool to see my book, but no, it's more fun when I'm actually writing and I like lose time because the scene is so great. And I'm like, wait, where did two hours just go? <laughs> that is amazing. 
Well, we are, we've had such a great conversation and we could go on, but I would love to know if there's anything else before we go, if there's any other, anything else you want to talk about, any words of advice you have for our listeners? Sure. Yeah. I just wanted to give them little, some, a few Instagram tips because even if they don't buy the course, I still want them to be able to, to use Instagram and engage authentically. So there's just a few tips that I have with Instagram is they need to be authentic because if people aren't seeing you expressing yourself in an authentic way and who you truly are instead of who you think others want you to be, they're not going to follow you. They're not going to engage with you well. They just, they're going to sense that you're not being genuine and they're going to move on. And then my other big tip with it, well, I have three. So the second one is to be consistent because I actually, when I started Instagram, I was really like hot and heavy, I guess is the word, the way to say it before leading up to my book launch. And I was like, I'm going to promote this book. I'm going to post every day. It's going to be great. And it was really great. And I grew my following, but then I burned out like right after my book launch, I was like, I can't keep this up. There's no way I have to take time off. And it it ended up being like a month or two before I even got back to it. Um, and posting any kind of, with any kind of consistency. So, and I, as a result, it took me a long time to get my follower count starting to move in the right direction again. So, um, that's one of the, the things that I emphasize is authenticity and consistency because, if you can post once a week, but keep it up, that's way better than trying to post every day and then dropping off the face of the earth. So, um, and then my last one, I said there were three. My last one is that we want everyone to have fun because it's such a fun platform and there's so many things you can do with it. And my husband's like, wow, you take a lot of time on your stories. I'm like, it's cause it's fun. I get to like do the different colors and the different pictures and all these fun things that I get the stickers that I can add and stuff. So, um, but it's just, it's meant to be enjoyable. So that's kind of like what you're talking about, Stephanie. Like it can be so, it can bog you down so much, but that's why I also wanted to talk about like the planning aspect, because if you plan, then you just execute and you don't have to think about it and you move on and actually go do the writing that you want to be doing. Um, but you're still engaging with your followers and building your brand um, in an authentic and organic way. Yeah, that's fantastic. And those are great tips. Definitely very actionable. And of course, there's more where that came from inside the course. And of course, we'll include all links to your website, the course, your YouTube channel, all of that good stuff, all of your social media in the show notes so that our listeners can uh, come across, learn more about you. Melissa, thanks so much for coming on the show and just sharing your time and your wisdom with us. It was absolutely fantastic. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. (laughs) Absolutely. We'll catch you next time. All right. Bye. The journey to becoming a full-time author on your own terms doesn't have to be lonely or hard. We have an awesome community where we chat daily, write together, and motivate each other. To be part of this vibrant community of indie authors living their best bookish life on their own terms, go to IndieAuthorLifestyle.com forward slash inner circle for more information. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love to hear more from you. Leaving a rating or review helps us to create more great content like this. Be sure to rate this episode and subscribe to the show. Thanks for listening to the Indie Author Lifestyle Show. See you inside the community.